tradition um, in economics um, in which people hunt for the value of an elite, of an elite education. And they can't find it, right? So we know that uh, it is the case that a student who goes to Harvard earns money, more money in the course of their career than a student who goes to the University of Tennessee. Okay, but that doesn't tell you anything at all. What you really need to do is to find two students, both of whom go to, get into Harvard, one of whom goes and one goes to the University of Tennessee, and then see what, compare their career earnings. And when you equalize for the person, you can't find any difference. In other words, it's not that, that Harvard is making you earn a lot of money. It's the kind of person who gets accepted by Harvard makes a lot of money, right? And then there's an even cleverer line of thing, which there's now been like 10 studies on this, and it's so interesting, which is they now look at elite high schools. So what is the benefit of going to a selective high school? Now, intuitively, you would think there, it must show up. There must be some, you must be able to see whether in test scores or the quality of the college you go to or somewhere we must see some impact of that. And we can't find, uh, we can't find any advantage. It just, everything seems to, once you do that equalization thing, um, uh, you, if you are a smart kid, in other words, it doesn't matter what school you go to. Um, you'll, you know, smart is smart. Um, which is an intriguing um, finding. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to switch topics a little bit. Um, you know, you do a remarkable job of popularizing uh, social sciences. And uh, by the way, I forgot to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Prasad Sethi. I'm part of People Operations, and I lead the analytics group, which is composed of many social scientists. Uh, who, who love the fact that uh, Malcolm's work and uh, you know gets gets their kind of thinking into the public limelight? Um, how do you distill and aggregate all of this research that's done in the social sciences and come up with what you think are the most uh, cogent arguments? Because uh, as you mentioned, there are lots of studies done on similar topics, and some of them are. Uh, point towards one direction, others point towards a different direction, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're looking for trends in the research. Um, and so, for example, the studies I was just mentioning about trying to measure the value of elite schools, that's a very clear trend. And you've got a cluster of studies that have been done in the last two or three years using pretty rich data sets that are all coming to roughly the same conclusion. So when you see that, that's the sort of thing I'm looking for, is what you want to steer clear of are the one really wacky study that is sitting all by itself. Um, that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just you have to be approaching with more caution. But um, there's no shortage. I mean, the thing that's fascinating about being a sort of a student of academic research is that um, the number of things that on an academic level are being 
ideas that are being um, pursued and conclusions that are being drawn that are quite dramatically at odds with conventional wisdom is enormous. There, if you're in the game of, in other words, looking in academic research for ways to challenge the way we think about things, there's an embarrassment of riches out there. I mean, it's not hard to do. So um, to me, what always amazes me is how much um, fascinating and useful material um, lies buried in academia. It just never sees the light of day because no one uh, bothers to go and, and write about it and popularize it. I mean, it's astounding how, you know, if you talk to academics, they have the list of things that they think that the rest of the world is doing long. It's like, it's like this long, right? Um, so it's like it's, 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 it's not a very difficult process to, um, to, to listen. Yeah. Um, related question, uh, you use a lot of stories to bring your thoughts to life. And the stories add a lot of emotional richness, and you can really connect with them. Uh, but how do you how do you ensure? Goddamn bully leaves the goddamn keys to the Escalade or his navigator, blocking the damn boat. The keys are with him out. Who the hell knows where across the state? And I gotta get the goddamn boat out of there. And uh, that was a fiasco. Does anybody want to buy a twenty-seven foot Formula PC? Brand new paint. Come on, we're lowering the price. Brand new paint. That boat is beautiful and it runs perfect. I'm telling you now. It did run good. I'll tell you what, it's worth 50 grand all day long. 30 grand right now. Contact Rafal. 30 grand, you got to pick it up. And I can't guarantee the trailer, no. Because the trailer's not mine. But I'll, try, I'll help you get a trailer, and the trailer ain't going to cost you no more than a grand or two. Yeah, go to Okay, it. come on. Come on down and look at that boat. What's the name of uh, Justin's uh, truck place you got Go here? to Ameritruck Sales if you need a truck. Is that the same name? He normally changes his name so. all the Does time because he? he's always in trouble or something. I don't know. Oh, it's on Highway 19, Ameritruck Sales, and it's call us and let's do it. All right, what else you got? AJ White, thanks for the $20. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. David Almendarez, thanks for the $2. Shout out to Crazy Jewish. Crazy Jewish. For $4.99. Cheap Jew. Ben, are you looking forward to Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur. I don't even have a yarmulke. I mean, you know... Honestly, I'm I'm not religious, so you know the holidays are the holidays are the holidays. That's not true. You are religious on Jewish holidays. You turn religious. He turns into a real. Can I say Jew? Yeah. A Jew. And you're a liar. I'm not a liar. You are a liar. How many times have I ever been to synagogue? Do you know I've been the whole time you've been on this earth? How many times? It's not that. How many times? It's in our house. It's what? Here. You don't he know what Jewish is. Let me tell you. Jew. You don't even know what Jewish is. I'm serious. They got so many things going on. You he blow your into mind. A real Jew. Quiet before I make you go get bar mitzvahed. You know what the Jews will do all their drinking? I didn't even get a bar mitzvah. mitzvah. I didn't get one. I'll get you one. I'm good. You ain't going to do it. Okay. 
I didn't even do it. I did. All right, I move did. on. What else you got, you boy? <laughs> IGH Properties, thanks for the $49.99. All right, big money for file. You're going to be eating some sausage tonight. And maybe a bite. <laughs> Don't take that wrong. Anyway, what else you got? <laughs> David Al Menderes, thanks again for $5. When's Mike Bonus and Polly going to be on the podcast? Mike Bonus is the pain in my onus. Okay? You better get out there and you better get the goddamn vacancies we're getting in retail. We just heard from uh, a mattress store that's going dark. All right? He's sitting on plenty of empty space and he ain't getting it rented. And in, I don't know. You know, it's a tough time, a tough market, but Mike Bonus has also got to try to help me with investments. Uh, I'll get him on there. I'll get him on there. He'll be around. What else we got? Paulie. Paulie's out there taking care of pot mills all over the damn state. That guy goes, travels hundreds and hundreds of miles a day. A day. Yeah, a day. Has to go to this building or that building over here and all in the middle of nowhere. What else you got? The doctor, thanks for the 100 bucks. $100 must be from Rich Doctor. He must be a plastic surgeon. Hey, doctor, I hope uh, I hope this is not Medicaid money he's giving us. Uh, anyway, so thank you very much, doctor. Thank you very much. There's, there is your $100. I'm probably a grand or two deep in these super chats. Ten grand still stands to swim in the Mala's Lazy River. Do I have to be here? <laughs> the doctor, send us an email and then we will contact you. Ask Ben on BenMond.com. grand, that's a lot of money. Consult with Ben. Let's have a consultation, doctor. Yeah. I'll give you a consultation, doctor. How about that for a change? The shoe's on the other foot. All right, what else we got? Any callers? Nobody's calling in today. We can go home, go eat, go to sleep, go to hell. I mean... Yeah, we can get a caller right now. I need a cigarette. Don't tell your mother I'm smoking in the house. Hello? Hey, it's Ben. How are you today? How can we help you? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, what's up? I, who is this again? Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Did you not want me to call you? This is Ben Rella oh. from the goddamn <laughs> Life for Sale. What are the you hell do you want? How you doing? I'm all right. What's up? What do you got? I don't know if you remember me. You came to the Homestyle Restaurant. You did that video. The Homestyle Restaurant. You guys went. Out, you guys closed up, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I'm sorry. How's your parents doing? They're okay. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, it's just no. It's okay. It was. It was, it was sold. Yeah. Well, I hope things work out for you guys. Thank you. Now, now what are you Appreciate doing? It. Now what are you doing? Where were now, you from? You're from, you're, wait, you're from, you're from Serbia or where were you from? I forgot. Albania. Albania. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing now? So now I just acquired a property here in uh, Newport Ritchie. It happened right before Corona went mainstream. Everyone kept saying, you know, it was a big debate if I should get it or not. I thought. The virus was just, at the time, right before March, it wasn't anything 
crazy going on. What kind so of property? I went ahead and did get it. What kind of property are we huh? talking about? What kind of property are we talking about? What kind? It's just a single family home. All right, so you bought a single family house, and what's the story? Yeah. Was it occupied when you bought? Is it a rental? Was it empty? What's the story? Yeah. It was. It was occupied when I bought it. I got it off market through a friend who knew somebody that was liquid, liquidating his portfolio. So I got extremely lucky. How much you it pay? How much you pay? It sold. 80000 uh, $80, All right. So you, spend, you bought a house. It's rented out. How much is your tenant paying you? Yeah. Okay. So you baby forever nasty. That might be the name of the podcast. Baby forever nasty. <laughs> so baby forever, baby forever nasty. And you're dancing. And then what? So... Once I was in the dance group, my dad got out of prison. He was in prison for 12 years. Really? Yeah, he got out of prison. And when he came around, he used to see me in the dance. He used to, he didn't like it. He just felt like, you know, certain people, street dudes ain't really like the, the dancers. And then the dancers weren't really rocking with the street mm -hmm. dudes. So it was like either, so my dad, he's a straight hardcore street dudes like man right here dancing man that's for gay guys that's for punks right like used to talk crap to me like really? yeah so it's like if you're gonna do that get in the group with your brothers so that's what made them put me on the stage with them so i was the dude that was just on stage dancing they rap i'd be over there dancing doing my thing and one day the producer named jim johnson he did all the biggest records right now. He's like all the number one records by the biggest names in the industry. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, why you don't put, why don't you get Speck, put Speck on the songs? I mean, Speck can't rap. You know, I can't. I don't want to rap. <laughs> you know? So it's like, man, all right, put them on the song. They put me on the song. And it was history. I did my one little verse once. Yeah, they never heard no girl scream that loud before. They was like, you yeah. know what? Put them on all the songs. What song was that where, like, people really started feeling it? It was a song called Chain Chain. It's throwback, bro. I see these names, Ching Chang, Forever Nasty. Yeah. They got baby Forever Nasty. Yeah, yeah, it was back then, Ching man. Chang. Was, yeah, Do you remember Ching your bars? Chang. Nice. No, no, So so you would get you you would rap and then like the girls go crazy. They would go crazy. And I was always like in the I used to be in weight training back then. So when I was in all my high school, I was in weight training. So by the time I took my shirt off, oh, yeah, they yeah. then fell out on the damn crowd. Cause like I was I was built for my age. Mm -hmm. So the average 18-year-old wasn't really built. 17-year-old wasn't really built like I was because right. I was just in the gym every day heavy, mm. weight training. So, okay. so that helped out. So now I'm in the group Pretty Ricky. So now, Pretty Ricky, how'd y'all come up with the name? Do you remember? So our name was Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks. Who and was, Who was Ricky? Nobody was, nobody was Ricky. <laughs> I'm thinking somebody was like Ricky, but... Nobody was Ricky. I don't know what I get. <laughs> nah, honestly, so my older brother was in the group, and in one of his songs that went viral before we was like, actually like, we was on the bench, right? Mm -hmm. And then my 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 big brother, 
he was the main person. He was like the Nelly, basically. Right, right. And he was taken off in Miami. His name was Papa Smurf, right? And in the song, one of the songs, he was like, the ladies called him Pretty Ricky Ricky. Like, girl, that's thicky, thicky, thicky. So, right, like, right. that was one of his little lines. And everybody was like, you the, you the Pretty Ricky Ricky. Like, like, everybody used to come up to him oh. and say that to him. And me, Slick, and... um. Baby Blue was the Mavericks. We was the Mavericks. So they put him together with us so he can give us some steam and make us grow faster. Mm -hmm. So he was popping. We was the Mavericks. We was on the bench, but we was the heartthrobs, but we was just waiting for our time. We came together as Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks. And then as as we performed and after the show, Girls were like, pretty Ricky and the Mavericks, who pretty Ricky? And they always point at me. It's like, yeah. he pretty Ricky. And then to the point where it's just like to the point they kept saying I was pretty Ricky. They just named me the pretty Ricky. Yeah, you couldn't be a Maverick. Yeah, I couldn't be a Maverick. It's like <laughs> I was the pretty Ricky guy now. So now they start calling me pretty Ricky. So my brother ain't like that, of course, because now mm. that, you know. And, yeah. and then, and then, like everybody, all the record labels and everybody was like, "Well, he doesn't fit us because he's a he's my older brother, mm-hmm. and we was all young, the same age." So they made him back a solo artist, and then made us a group, mm. and then we was Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks. And then when we, and I was Pretty Ricky, my brothers was the Mavericks, Pleasure joined the group, and now we have a singer and three rappers, Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks. And then we got signed to Atlanta Records after we created Grind On Me, Mm -hmm. was the first song we ever did with Pleasure. Crazy. Out the box. Yo, let me ask you real quick before you go into that. Did your brother feel a way when he almost got kicked out of the group he came to help? Technically. Did he get mad or was he like, all right, great, because I didn't want to be around all these people. Did he be pretty Ricky anyway? <laughs> I just think it was kind of uncomfortable based on the audience. Because imagine you performing in front of a crowd and then when you come up, you don't really get no screams like that. Right. And then we come up, it's, ah! Because it's just two different demographics. So I don't know if he felt uncomfortable or not. I'm pretty sure he probably did based on, like, the reactions. You ever talk to him about it? Nah, I never really talked to him about it. Mm. Never really talked to him about it. still doing music? Nah, he ain't doing music. Nah. What's he doing? Do you know? I mean... My brother passed... Really? Yeah. Oh, he man. he passed from a brain aneurysm. Oh my gosh! How yeah. long ago? When he was thirty four, and that was like three four years ago. Oh man, I'm starting to hear that. Yeah. Goodness gracious! Got one of them early. It is what yeah, it is. Yeah, golly. Mm. That's the only three ways. The only three reasons why somebody wouldn't buy from you. So with this dollar truck, here's oh my gosh, because I didn't know why I, I figured I was doing it because 
you know, we just kept, like, let them taste test it, right? Mm -hmm. But in this way, I can identify, well, they can identify, oh, this is a good fit. Because in their head, they don't they don't know if it's a good fit or not. Mm-hmm. But for a dollar, um, a dollar, they could do it. They can see the value because, all right, for seven days, you're going to get a, a, a freaking conference for a week. Mm-hmm. And then they realize, wow, that I have the money mm-hmm. because even after that, it's only $79. But they'll say, they'll be able to compare, oh, well, for the value, for sure, 79 bucks is nothing. Done. That was the dopest commercial we've ever given. <laughs> so go to the morning meetup.com. <laughs> Golly, I love this interview. Go to the morning meetup.com. I can't wait to see you in the morning. Okay, Spec, I got to ask you, um, before you give us something deep on the closeout, um, I like to make predictions, predictions on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I want to know where you see yourself in the next five to 10 years so that I can watch this interview five to 10 years from today and say, mm. yo, Speck said he was going to do this. And look, he actually did it. Mm. It's actually dope. I like that. In five years. Five to 10. Five years. My school is definitely going to be one of the most talked about schools on the planet Mm. is one thing. Second thing is in five years I'm going to have some major product wins. What does that look like? Products that everybody, at least one of them that everybody has to use. Like, like right now, everybody... Like the passport joint? Like, like, is that what you're thinking? Like, similar. Yeah, something like that. Like, something that, like, I need this. Like, Uber. People need that. You need Uber. Come on. Uber. Gotta have Uber. Amazon. Like, I need I need Amazon. I need that. It's gonna be mm. at least one thing that I create that the people will need. Mm. And that's gonna be my moment I talked about. That's gonna be your moment. Five to ten years. That's going to be the moment. I love it. I love it. You don't even know what it is yet. I might have it already. Do you have it? I might have it already. Do you think you, is it like something that you're thinking of, like that you're working on that you think you got? Or you're just saying, in my life, there's something that I'm missing that I don't see just yet. I think I have it. I'm working on something that's going to disrupt the world in terms of putting money into the black communities Mm. for ownership. Can I be a part of that? 
You said your ass, Close, bro. Yo, yo, you, yo, you, yo, I'm going to be consistent, <laughs> too. I'm going to be persistent. <laughs> you already my man, so. <laughs> yeah, but listen, you will be a part of it, though. Mm. You will be a part of it. Um, and 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 this is this is one thing that I talked about earlier. It's called social seed, where we're gonna have it where people get to actually have ownership in products, viral products, big products, products that's killing it that they would never get the they would never get the opportunity. When you try to, do you know when you try to invest, you got to become an accredited investor? Right. You know what right. that means? You yeah. got to have over $200,000 or, and it doesn't even count your house. So if you got a million dollar house, still loan matter. So it's either 200000 personally or 300000 with your spouse included, or over a million dollars in net worth. What average, what average, so if you see a good deal that you can literally take advantage of, you as an intellectual can't even take advantage of it mm-hmm. because they have systems in place for us not to take advantage because guess what? We all ain't got that. Do you know what's so crazy? And not even too long ago, Obama finally made it to a point where um, where um, you can create smaller crowdfunds. He created some bill mm-hmm. that kind of unlocked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Not yet, but, you know, like... He created... Because it was it's like, illegal, but now I think it's... Um, or he either... It's something where, like, the little guy can get into it. Somebody's going to comment and be like, David, you're an idiot. But, yes. But, no, that's this is the point I'm making. It's like they put things in place to make sure we don't get what we deserve. Like, why I got to be a credit investor? Yeah. You know, it's like, I know it's little other little reasons people going to come up with. Oh, no, it's because it is. No, no. I feel in my heart. It's so certain people don't get into certain Big plays mm-hmm. to get to where they need to get to. It's like the music industry. Whoever was the puppet at the time. And he said in that Quran, what the fuck would you do if we took it away? What would you do if we took away the water? We can cause the earth to swallow you up. Wait till you get to your grave, motherfucker. Okay. Niggas can talk all that shit about me, whites, whoever the fuck. Nigga, Frisco Dom is a dumb motherfucker. I may be a dumb motherfucker, okay? But I believe in God, and I fear what is in the grave that is awaiting my bitch ass, nigga, okay? I'm not gonna play with no shit like that, nigga, or talk about some shit, nigga, that created this entire world and this goddamn universe, motherfucker. So you got some motherfucking balls on you, nigga, to try to talk shit, nigga, to a god that you don't even know if he's sitting there listening to your bitch ass, nigga. 
So keep on talking shit, nigga. Keep on talking shit, nigga. Okay? But you got to go to that grave. You got to go to that grave. Every motherfucker watching this video got to go to that grave. And you're going to have to face whatever the fuck is waiting for your bitch ass. Okay? And I see a God saying, nigga, all your motherfucking life, you ignored me, motherfucker. You ignored me all your life. Now it is time for me to ignore your bitch ass, nigga. Now. Now. Send your bitch ass to hell, nigga. Ain't no motherfucking hell. I don't believe in it. You will believe in it when you see it, bitch. And you take that and put it in your motherfucking pipe and smoke it with your bitch ass. Now what? I'm gonna put up, put in the music. People think oh, I'm gonna go to the studio every day and one of these songs gonna be a hit. Yeah, one of them songs gonna be a hit, but not if you don't got no money. You have to have some money behind the song, period. It ain't gonna work. Nobody's gonna hear. You're only gonna set yourself up for the beat. these bigger artists who have money to be digging like they do. These bigger artists, they don't do anything but go on YouTube, find artists who don't got no money, and steal their shit. You feel me? They steal their shit. Yes, y'all know. Y'all heard about it. Oh, man, that was my song I made in 2015. That was my song I made in 2014. That is not fake. That's all real. They're going to go take your song and switch that shit around. So, you need to stop putting out that fucking music and get a bag. Get the bag. You get more respect anyways from everybody. From the vloggers, from this person, from that person. They definitely want to see you come from the ground up, but they definitely want you to have everybody, like for me, right? I, like, I'm, I'm going to sign somebody, right? But me, I need a hustler like myself. You feel me? Like, you, like, when you look at all these other artists who have these guys that they sign, notice that they sign big hustlers. Big time niggas that's getting money, big, you know, niggas ain't really just going to sign and niggas that ain't got no type of hustle in them because it's almost like a drag. It's almost like a, you know what I'm saying? It's one of them like, damn, bro, you feel me? Like, niggas is looking for that, that hustling nigga, that nigga that make you excited when they come around because they always get to the bag. That's fun. You want a, you want a fun motherfucker, like, you know that they always got their head out that's needy, you know what I'm saying? So most of the time, that's what people, like if it's a street guy, they looking for, if they got bags and they looking for niggas to sign, they looking for stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? So on the other end, as far as labels, they more look for younger shorties who they can kind of fuck over, you know what I'm saying? That's the new game right now. When you too smart, they don't really be wanting too much to deal with you because it's like, you too smart. <laughs> But we can get this little 17, 16, 15-year-old nigga that we can blow him up big and really check a bag off his ass because he don't know nothing about nothing. $50,000 is like $500,000 to him, a million dollars to him, you know what I'm saying? Get his ass a few little chains and then, shit, let him do a show. But we going to make majority of all the money off his this, off that, this, that. They basically just sucking the motherfucker dry, but they're going to make them super, super famous. You know what I'm saying? So that's why you see a lot of people that that's real famous, that's younger, not real, real rich. They don't be really rich. You know what I'm saying? You just be like, damn, I thought this person was like rich, rich. But nah, because the labels is, 
getting rich as fuck off this person, but they spoon feeding them, you know what I mean? So you just gotta have your paperwork in order, you gotta have your management in order, you gotta have your account in order, you have to have your lawyer on retainer, you know what I'm saying? You have to, um, you gotta have, if you ASCAP and uh, BMI shit together, you know what I'm saying? And it's basically just about having the finances, man. It's just like a business. Your music is a business. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like a lot of people don't understand that. You, how are you so good at music? And then when it comes to the business or contracts or um, finances, you don't know anything about it. But you talking about you, you clearly just doing music for no reason. And in your head, you're not thinking that I'm going to be the biggest rapper in the world. Okay. What comes with being the biggest rapper in the world? Damn, lawyers, um, accountants, uh, taxes. Um, you feel me? That's how you got to think. That's the only way that you going to really be the top nigga in the world. You know what I'm saying? I don't see no other way of being the biggest rapper in the world if you ain't thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? You just going to the studio doing some music because clearly you're wasting your money. Also, if you go start your LLC, let's say whatever you call your LLC, Trap Boy or Big Dog LLC, right? So if you got an LLC and it's about music, from the studio should be a write-off. When you go in the studio and you pay for your studio time, let's say if you spend five hours a day in the studio, everything should be a write-off. All the clothes you buy, you as an artist should be a write-off. The cars you're driving, it should be a write-off. Where you stand should be a write-off. You're an artist, you're an entertainer, always. Every, when you go in the strip club, you, I need 5,000 ones, but give me a receipt. You feel me? Get that to your account. That should be a write-off because you're an artist, you're a brand. But a lot of y'all niggas is just wasting y'all money and not knowing this though. When you go shoot that video, that's a write-off. When you go get that car for your video or hop on that jet for your video or whatever you got to do, it's all a write-off. It's just about being smart and knowing what you need to know to be a bigger artist. Like, this is how you, like, be a successful music artist, bro. Like, without, you don't have to be real major. We're talking about a successful music artist, you know what I mean? Like, because, like I say, you can take over the music game, right? But you, most of these musicians, they are dipped off into other things that's making a lot of money. Whether it's real estate, whether it's this, whether it's that. That's where they real money come from. The music is cool, but, I mean, the fame level, man, you can go to it. Also, I'm going to tell y'all, you can actually, let's say, you really like Interscope. Let's say you really like 300. You can actually go to them and, and let them know, like, hey, I want to partner with you guys. I want to I want to have a partnership. And you can basically pay them to help push you. You know what I'm saying? All this shit is not what people think, like, as far as, like, from the blogs to the, you know what I'm saying? All this shit is done right, but it takes some money, though. Don't be cheap. If you cheap, then people won't treat you like shit. You know what I'm saying? If, if they feel like you really believe in yourself, spend that bread, you're going to get far. But a lot of people who 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 have companies and who have business that are cheap don't get nowhere because it takes money to make money. 
no matter in what field you do it takes of you know prevention mm -hmm. not like how do you actually get into like a bruce lee style fight but more like prevention and then how do you get out of it like somebody attacks you right because i'm never going to take a man down but right. i can get out of something for sure right like i can prevent it and i can you know get out of a grip um so those types of um things that i we're hoping will be helpful for um women or older people or i mean men too but um you know people make people a little bit more confident to be out and about um mm. we're also going to start um on a situational awareness course um to go along with these things too because surveillance learning surveillance is one thing right we we have something called red team so we teach surveillance and we teach surveillance detection mm -hmm. but that's like a level up from what most people need so right. situational awareness for you know your college daughter or um yeah. you know your wife or whatever and then you know operational defense op def mm -hmm. um so they can if they do end up you know getting their wrist grabbed they can right. get out of it for sure yeah and get out of there is this is this all on uh everyday spy website mm -hmm, it is what's it everydayspy.com everydayspy.com go check it out and yep. check out their podcast it is probably my favorite podcast on this face of the earth just because <laughs> listening to the different things the different things you guys learn and 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 the ways of thinking and the critical mm. thinking and how it applies to everyday life it's just it's fucking amazing i mean everyone could benefit from that in my opinion yeah i think and the more people we have that you know start really like just sort of start thinking deeper like mm -hmm. the deeper conversations we can have mm -hmm. and the more information we can exchange and the the closer to truth we can get mm -hmm. so cool well thanks again yeah thank you all right all right bye everybody And they feel like they don't have time for that. So yeah. how did how did that happen? Well, she was always there. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing, right? Oh, so y'all been together yeah, for a minute. Yeah. 20 plus, we've been rocking. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's always been there. Right. But you got to remember, too, I'm not physically going anywhere to do anything. I'm, I'm sitting here at the kitchen table on the computer. Right. And I'm giving myself two, three hours to knock some stuff out. And then I got the rest of the day to do whatever. I've always kept that sense of I don't want to just be 24 seven hustling. Mm. Right. I've always kept that mentality. I'm a I'm a hustle. But when I'm hustling, I'm giving it two thousand percent. But when I cut it off now, I'm I'm, I'm cool. I'm Jay White. First thing love, I'm, I'm out here. You so, really work three, four hours a day? Might be like five. What does a normal day look like for you in terms of business, in terms of work? Uh, reviewing invoices, reviewing proposals. But now I'm on, the, I'm on the teaching side. So now I'm just following up with some of my students. They might have some issues or mm. some questions or whatever the case may be. Looking towards the next thing. I got real estate deals too. So right. uh, I, like I said, I just like to knock out everything within three to four hours. Five tops. After that, man, I got to chill. 
That is a lifestyle right there. But bro. why work hard if throughout the day you're gonna work all day? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we we make good money and we do certain things in the beginning. So on the back half, now we can kind of autopilot and coast it. I'm still, mm-hmm. Ain't nobody still trying to work eight hours a day, nine hours yeah. a day. I might well get a job for real. In the beginning, it probably you probably spent more time, right? Because I was wasn't, learning. Yeah. You didn't I don't, know. I don't got it down yeah. pat. Like, like you said, I don't know. I think I should be looking at this this long. I yeah. think I should wake up early and not go to sleep. Like, I'm right, thinking right. this is how I need to operate, right? But once I got to a certain point, I'm like, man, I'm going to bed, man. Like, I'm right. good. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, for me, it took marriage for that because uh, it, when it just left to my own devices, I'm going to work all day, every mm-hmm. day because... One, it's what I'm so accustomed to doing. Okay. Like, you spend years just grinding and working. Like, when you're not working, something's wrong. That's how I feel. But it took me getting married to say, okay, I need to try to wrap up by 5 o'clock, get home by 6. Mm. And what I realized is when I had less time to be productive, I was more productive. hmm you know what I mean? Instead mm-hmm. of like, because some people, they're going to quit their job and they're like, yo, I'm going to grind all day. Yeah. But if you got, if you can build something in those windows of time. And, con- and concentrate it. And then you super, super heavy because everything you're doing in that time is intentional. You're not wasting a second because you got a hard stop or cutoff time, right? So your three hours, your four hours, or your five to six o'clock, you're going to go hard. Because you know you got a stopping point. Yeah. Every, still, every second count. Are you still actively, like, getting contracts? Going for contracts? Yeah, man. We won uh, two this month. So, so so far already, I won six this year. Really? Yeah. But they were sole source. I didn't have to bid. They called me. They said, hey, mm. can you purchase this product for us? When did, like, they yeah. start, when did they start? When did they start calling you? Hmm. Probably like 2017. That was real pivotal. Gotcha. Around 2017, yeah. Also, then you didn't really have to apply for no contracts. Right. Just- I don't got to bid no more. Now, if I bid, it's just to, you know, stay current. So when I'm teaching people, I, I got the, real-time estimation. The, yeah. I like the fact that you're still actively in the game. Because yeah. most people, they'll, they're not in the game anymore. Right. They're just teaching. But From the fact people. that... They're talking from yesteryear. Exactly. And that information ain't always up to date or valid. Because changes. Yeah, right? and it can't help me out today. So I, I speak a lot to the people that, you know, they got all these side hustles. They got all this stuff on the table, but they just like, you know what? I'm going to give this federal government contract a try. Mm-hmm. And once they tap in, they're like, all right, I'm going to just do this now. Right, right, you know? right. So it's a good feeling, man. So the, the, you said six contracts this year. Yeah. Uh, or in two this month. Yeah. Tell me about the month. two. Because you said they were talking about ordering a product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they wanted to order 150 iPads. It was something real light. That's all I understand. Why don't they just call <laughs> Apple? They lazy. That's what I be trying to tell people. The federal government lazy. They can do all this stuff themselves. However, they're mandated. That's this. I call them lazy, but they're mandated to give small businesses, minorities, women-owned, service-disabled veterans. They're mandated to give us a certain percentage of contracts. Are you, you minority-certified? A minority. 
a woman owned, right? Is your wife 51%? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was you about to say, bro? What was you, you was about to say something. Documentation got a read will, right? Documentation has the read will. So 51% woman owned, small business, minority, veteran owned. I was in the Coast Guard for uh, 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you have? Did you do that certification yourself? Because, bruh, I've... It's terrible, ain't it? Terrible. It's terrible. Yes, I did it myself. But I'm good on the phone. I'm telling you. like I'm, I need somebody I'm a, to just do it for me, bro. I'm amazing on the phone. So I had a lady on the phone the whole time I was filling the thing out. The whole time. Because I was like, oh, I, can't, I can't do this. I'm frustrated. I'm, I can't figure it out. I'm like going in on her. She like, calm down. I'm going to help you. I said, are you going to help me for the duration? Like, right, I right, need right. you. <laughs> and she helped me. She helped me out. Do you, do you give resources, like, in, like for your students on how to get that certification? Yeah, you. I have to, man, because, all right, here's the first thing. I teach my students certifications don't win you contracts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a fact. They don't win you contracts. However, comma, they do help you get into a smaller room to bid against less competition. Case mm. Five dollars a day? That's Not like three. Hurry. Come on. It's like three something. Yeah. So, you know, just, yeah, I, I always give the invitation because I feel like um, um, the community, and it's hu- literally hundreds of people. Yeah. Hundreds of people on the call every single day. So make sure you uh, go to themorningmeetup.com. We also got a Patreon if you want to show love to your favorite podcast. Uh, just yeah. go to patreon.com forward slash David Never Sleeps, Javon. Yep. Uh, yeah. Forward slash David Never Sleeps. Make sure you go check that out. Um, and you can get like unreleased stuff. And hold on, Jeremy. I'm almost done. Okay. I, I'm doing commercials. You got to pay the bills. I love it. Oh, dang. I don't got my my phone number. I don't know it. You know it? You know my number? Hold on. Y'all can text me. I do pick up this phone, too. I, I actually text. So I got it. 404-737-4935. Make sure you text me. Yeah, make sure you text me. All right, cool. And uh, we're right back. Jeremy. Yeah. Thank you, man. Absolutely. No doubt. Thank you. Yo, real quick, and I know you got to go. We're going to close this out. But can I get like a five-minute conversation for my Patreon members. Okay. So Patreon is like people, it's like unreleased stuff. So everybody gets this, but you got like five, 10 minutes. Okay. Real quick. Okay. We'll make it quick. Okay. Yeah. Let's close it out. All right. So Jeremy, let everybody know how to find you, man. Again, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Not only just the podcast, but your uh, mentorship to mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. your, mm-hmm. um, your tutelage, um, just 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 being who you are there's nothing that you have that so normally if, 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 if they're bargaining against the, if they're loaning you money against a certain rate or a market and right now markets are like zero so you should get really good loans I mean you know but they're not gonna give away the farm you know I mean I don't know what your assets are it all matters but um you should definitely uh Try to bargain with every bank. You know, don't be afraid to bargain and don't be afraid to get a second opinion because then you can play them against each other. <clears throat> but it didn't seem unreasonable what they're asking. I don't know what your assets are, but you know. All right, good luck.
You have a call? We have a call. I don't believe it. Somebody's calling. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you today? It's Ben. How's it going? Good. Good. What can we do for you? Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm actually from Toronto, uh, and I worked in a, uh, an investment shop in real estate here for the last four or five years. I got together, uh, with a partner that's going to provide uh, a significant amount of capital as well as debt for us to start buying U.S. multifamily assets. And so the first place we started looking, uh, was in St. Pete, uh, St. Petersburg. And I wasn't sure... We're, we're looking at either uh, larger assets, like 100 to 200 doors at a time, or we're going to buy like a large number of kind of 10, 10 to 20 unit assets. Uh, and I was curious, He's you know, breaking up for multi-family deals, what you would suggest. Listen, don't come over here to St. Pete trying to buy my goddamn deals up. You stay in Toronto and buy some shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, Toronto, Canada people got watching this. That's the humor like ours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to come over to St. Pete and buy up some of this good old American real estate, huh? You know why? Yeah. You know why everybody wants to come here? Tell them why you uh, can't buy it in Toronto. Uh, all the upside is priced in, and we have red controls. It's called socialism, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. Top marginal tax rate is 58%. Well, you know, I feel for you. But anyway, I mean, you know, a lot of guys, people from Canada down here buying real estate, I mean, and, and owning real estate. I mean, you know, you got to get with the big brokers and see if the numbers make sense for you guys. You need to get the return you're looking for. I think there's a lot of good deals getting ready to come to the table, you know, but, you know, you need to get with the guys that are moving that product and work with them. Uh, you know, all the big, you used to, you know who the big brokers are? Uh, yeah, I'm starting to familiarize myself. I have some connections at, uh, CBRE and Abenson Young. Well, that's so it. You just basically, you got to go around and hit them all. You got to hit them all yeah. and say, hey, listen, this is what we're looking for. What do you got? They even advertise them on their websites or whatever or get on their their, their list that they, they send out every time. But, you know, you already know. You got CBRE. You got Franklin Street. You got Bricadia. You got this guy named, I think he went off on his own. I think he just picked something up in St. Pete, Jamie May. Jamie May. Uh, he's got stuff, something I think just came up in St. Pete. Hit them all. You got to go to all of them and say, hey, show me what you got. And you put them on a table. You guys are smart guys. You underwrite them, see if they make sense. But. It's dangerous right now because you know even here in this capitalistic, wonderful place, you cannot evict nobody right now. You know that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how long that's going to go on for, but, you know, right now you got to be careful with multifamily because I'm starting to feel a pinch in my multifamily. You know, this whole situation we're going through is definitely affecting every aspect of real estate right now. Every aspect I can think of is being affected by it, except maybe maybe grocery stores. So, um, you know, be careful right now also. 
You don't want to overpay because you might be looking at a, a major reduction in value soon. Yeah, no, of course. All right. Uh, well, good luck to yeah, you. No. And uh, listen, if you stay in Tampa, stay in one of my hotels in Tampa near the airport. No, I, w I will tell you quickly uh, that, you know, uh, my parents had a place on, on Treasure Island in the past, so I was at uh, John's Pass constantly, so I love that place. Well, good. Come back. Spend some money. <laughs> Go Thank on a you. pirate ship. Go parasailing. Go jet skiing. Go on a dolphin tour. Eat in a restaurant. Play in the arcade. Eat ice cream. Have a hot dog. What else? I made the goddamn Bubba. guy. All right, take care. I made the goddamn guy. He keeps crying to me. He ain't making no money in the yogurt place. I personally bring him. I tell Matt and I tell little Ben, listen, I know we got two hot dog machines left over from uh, Hogan's Beach that we had. Put him, give the guy a hot dog machine. So I, I tell them both, they both bring him one. I had to go take one back. We're here to take up the hot dog machine. But I said, you know, put the hot dog machine there, sell them out the goddamn window of John's Pass, and make some money. And I twist his arm to do it. I had to bring him a hot dog. And he's not even my tenant. He's my neighbor. I brought him a hot dog machine for him to sell hot dogs out of his yoga joint. Anyway. And they did sell some. The they sold said. some. You're with me. But now they got to spend a little money and make it a pass-through window. The window's right on the sidewalk. You put up a freaking sign, hot dogs, you get three bucks a pop. They cost like 20 cents. And the bun's another 10. He's into the whole thing for 30, 40 cents with mustard and relish. He can sell for 10 times that. Aaron, you're going over there selling hot dogs this weekend I'm at John's Pass. I'm going to buy you a hot dog cart. That's what I'm going to do. Aaron's Hot Dogs. Aaron's Hot Dogs. Aaron's <laughs> Jewish Hot All right. Dogs. What else we, we got? some Super Chats. Super Shout Chats. Shout out to iFix Boats. Who? iFix Boats. iFix Boats. Oh, hopefully my boat don't need no fixing. We fixed it. Oh, shit, I still got a boat for sale. Yeah. Now I had to move it over to that guy. Oh, that was a disaster. Trying to move the guy. Damn, nigga, fuck you, nigga. Think y'all gonna scare me and tell me about what y'all gonna do to me. You'll rape my mama. That's me and fuck you, Muslim, nigga. You nigga been pedophile for the long. You nigga been pedophile as long as your religion been in existence, nigga. You nigga been fucking babies and boys and goats and, 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 and queers as long as Islam been in religion, bitch. I, I used to be one of you niggas. And I, and I refused to stop eating pork. So I said, fuck you niggas. Cause I, listen, I sold barbecue four years ago. And the Muslim niggas used to come through playing like they can taste pork. So one day, I cut the motherfucking chopped beef with pulled pork and served it to Muslim niggas, unbeknownst to them. They didn't know they was eating pork. They were chewing that motherfucking pork. Them motherfucking Muslim can't tell when they taste the motherfucking pork. So I sold them niggas pork for all summer long. Yeah, nigga, now sue me. Yeah, I sold pork till I cut the chopped beef with pulled pork all summer long.
home and not one goddamn Muslim could tell the difference. Because all them bitches is sneaking and eating pork. Or if they ain't eating pork, they suck pussy so they taste buds is thrown off to the pork. Yeah, them there. I, I feel good sneaking and selling them niggas $10 chopped beef sandwiches with that pulled pork cut up in it, nigga. Straight disrespecting you, nigga. Yeah, get mad about that, nigga. I did that five years ago. Bitch ass nigga. Yeah, go try to skirt me on the internet. All you niggas trying to skirt me on the internet. Catch a plane, nigga, and show up in person and make everybody in the city say, say, them niggas out of New York City looking for you, nigga. Say, it's the niggas out of California asking about you. Do that, nigga, bad motherfucker. Make Farrakhan have a million man march down here. He ain't done nothing in a while, no way, for he getting too old anyway. Yeah, he getting too old. And Facebook don't want to hit a motherfucker. Y'all don't know what to do. You can't listen to him. Yeah, we sick of that old nigga anyway. We want to hear from NBA young boy. Don't nobody want to hear shit from Farrakhan. We want to hear from Fujiano. We don't want to hear shit from no goddamn Muslim, nigga. You nigga can't rap. <laughs> yeah, you nigga stick to provide security at the funerals. And, and shaking down rappers. But don't nobody want to hear shit no nigga talking about thumping no Quran. Nigga, we want to hear from Lil Baby. We don't want to hear from you bitch ass Muslim nigga. So shut up, Farrakhan. Don't go inside and talk. Don't come out here and talk. It's a new day, Farrakhan. And don't nobody want to hear no shit about no spaceship go come rescue all us niggas. If a spaceship come right now, I ain't getting on no motherfucking spaceship with no Muslim niggas. I don't trust no Muslim. Mother didn't trust you nigga. I don't trust no nigga that don't eat bacon. And all our life we was trained and brought up to eat bacon. Any nigga don't eat bacon and suck pussy is an oxymoron to me. Period point blank. I nigga gonna give up bacon instead of putting his motherfucking head between the whole leg and suck up pussy. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. Now all you niggas do it. All you Muslim niggas do it. Go quit the pole and suck the pussy. You stupid. You dumb. You ignorant. Fuck you. And fuck your religion, nigga. Yeah, nigga, it's funny to me. It's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't believe none of you niggas is bad enough to come do nothing to me and let the world see that y'all pussies to the white boy. Y'all didn't do nothing for Tamir Rice. Y'all didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. You bitch-ass niggas, Muslim niggas, didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. Y'all didn't do nothing for Eric Garner. Y'all let the white boy choke the big old nigga out. The big old nigga got his hands up. He's supposed to have been throwing elbows. Get off me, nigga. Bigger than he was, he let the little bitty white boy jump on his back. Them ain't the kind of nigga we are down here. Them ain't the kind of niggas we are. We ain't just laying now. George Floyd is in Indianapolis. He just laid there and let the nigga put his knee on his neck. Nigga, fishes flop out of water. You ever seen a fish when you get him in the boat? He flopping like a motherfucker. He want to get back in the water. Fuck, that nigga didn't want to live. Don't fiend that nigga. Nigga with a dope fiend. Nigga with a dope fiend. Nigga with a dope fiend bitch and a dope fiend nigga. 
They showed the whole video. I saw the nigga swallow dope. The white folk one line on that nigga, the nigga had fentanyl in his system. That's a dope fiend, ain't it? The nigga died with fentanyl in the system. And the best thing could have happened to him is for him to die. The nigga left his daughter 20 million. That nigga could have lived to be 100 years old. He wouldn't have been able to leave his daughter 20 million. He couldn't have never been able to leave his pretty little daughter 20 million. They done that baby a favor. He wasn't shit. The nigga was in and out of jail. The nigga kicked in a door. Boom. That nigga.